Welcome to The Critical Path with Mary and Jason, a podcast about business development, company culture, and loving the place you work just a little bit more. It is Halloween. Uh, We're actually recording this on Halloween. It's a very special Halloween event. It is a very special episode. This is episode 42, and we are going to be telling scary safety stories. It's spooky safety stories. Spooky safety stories? Yes. I think that is what's on the little... That's what we've been doing. ...sign that we put up everywhere we go right now. How about it? (laughs) So, uh, we are... We wanted to do something a little bit special for Halloween. It is uh, our favorite holiday, if not... number two but it's right up there it's it's my favorite Mm -hmm. halloween is my favorite and initially i had the idea that we could do stories of people's experience with safety things that were a little creepy so everybody should be thinking about safety especially around halloween Mm -hmm. but every day of the year i just saw an article that was uh everybody gets all worked up about razors in the candy Mm -hmm. or poison or everybody thinks that people are going to give marijuana edibles to children, which is ridiculous because... They're expensive. We're not giving those to kids. Uh, but the real danger... And it's wrong. ...is that way more kids get uh, hurt in car accidents that run out in front of cars oh, yeah. on Halloween than any other day of the year. I thought you were going to say they overdosed on sugar. Well, that too, for mm-hmm. sure. But that's not a danger. That's just childhood. Their dentists have nightmares and visions of... Uh, Becoming rich. It's true. But there are a lot of dentists that'll do, if your kids bring their Halloween mm-hmm. candy, then they'll give them money for them. <laughs> per pound. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the reason why we wanted to talk about safety stories is because if you think about the origin of ghost stories and, and kind of those campfire stories, there's a little bit of similarity here. And it feels like it's a little bit of a stretch, but it's actually pretty natural when you hear it out. Yeah. Well, Jason was worried when I first had the idea that it was going to feel like it was making light of safety and mm-hmm. turning it into funny. some funny, yeah. scary story. Yeah. Uh, but the truth is that the origin of scary stories was that we would all be sitting around the campfire and sort of trading warnings mm-hmm. about what was safe to do, what was good to do. Uh, they would say, don't go down by the river. And it didn't really matter if it was a ghost that was eating people down there or uh, an actual bear. Or you just fell in the river. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, people were disappearing down there. They'll so. say, don't go down to the river at midnight. Mm-hmm. Whatever whatever the, the lesson was, it was a way that we passed on tribal wisdom from generation to generation through storytelling. Yep, absolutely. And so there was always a moral of the story. There was always a lesson of the story uh, other than the jump scare that would inevitably come. That's true. But the best scary stories, usually there's some bit of wisdom there that that would make you think twice when you tuck into bed that night. Yep. And in the same way, by talking about people's experiences with uh, bad safety situations, Mm -hmm. the hope is that we'll all think a little bit more tomorrow about the steps we're taking to keep safe, Mm -hmm. maybe tighten our harness a little better. Yeah. Well, double check our harness, make sure we're wearing proper PPE. Mm -hmm. But uh, so what we've done is over the the couple of uh, weeks, I think over the last two weeks, we've had the opportunity to meet a whole number of folks mm-hmm. and ask them for their contribution mm-hmm. to spooky safety stories. Yeah. So there's a, a little bit of a disclaimer. If you have young kids in the car, uh, we, we uh, are looking for uh, 
the request that we put out was that we're looking for injuries and near miss as opposed to fatalities because we're trying to share stories uh, that educate, but we're trying not to necessarily bring everybody down for the holiday. Yeah. And there were certain people that we would say, do you know any spooky safety stories? And they'd say something along the lines of, I know sad safety stories. Like, no, nope, that's not what we're looking for. Our goal was to steer clear of that. So if there are young kids listening, just be aware that the stuff that we're talking about is real. Uh, the stories that were shared are are good lessons of how to behave around construction projects and in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, but they can get a little bit graphic just due to the nature and the severity mm-hmm. of safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if everybody's ready, without further ado, you can feel free to strap in and <laughs> enjoy spooky safety stories. Here we go. We're recording. All right. So do you want to share who you are or no? No, I won't tell that part. Okay. (laughs) So we have a spooky, scary story that regards a ladder. Yes. And so climbed up a foreman climbs up a ladder to prune a hedge. Little rainy outside fell off the ladder and makes the lovely sound of. And I get a video in my email of the whole account. And, uh, yeah, makes for a fun safety talk at the shop. So what's the lesson? Have a guy watching the ladder. Don't be up there in the middle of the rain reaching too high. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, be more careful all around on a ladder. That's fair. Okay, we are recording, so you can share your name or not. My name is Nirpal Kang. I'm with Innovac of Edmonds, Washington. So uh, my safety share is primarily from a few years ago. Spooky safety story. Oh, spooky safety story. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the other end. Um, it's from, uh, we were doing a manhole rehab uh, assessment job. So we were doing camera work. We were cleaning a sewer line, and our job was to seal up the pipe. And the technician that we sent in there um, was grouting the pipe, and as he bent down, his back went out and he had his harness on and his tripod, but he physically couldn't stand up and, and climb out of the manhole. Right. So we had to perform a retrieval mm-hmm. and, and remove him that way. Yeah. But it further emphasized to the other team members about why we do what we do when it comes to safety because yeah. just because you think you're okay doesn't mean you're actually going to be okay in that instance. And it was his b- body betraying him versus yeah. this circumstance of everything else. But yeah. still, regardless, yeah. it was yeah. something Absolutely. that was pretty impactful. Yeah, yeah. Well, and even. Uh, what if he would have been there by himself? Exactly. Right, that happens exactly. all the time. Yeah, you know, if you don't have buddy system and that kind of protocol, that's a big deal. No, absolutely it is, especially on newer construction sites where people think there's no hazard in this because it's new. There's nothing that could possibly go wrong. Yeah. Well, you could go wrong. There, exactly. Could go wrong. It's yeah. not the job. It could be you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's awesome. a great one. Thank you. You didn't press the right button. What did you do? Let's do it again. Okay, here we go. Yeah, the draft run. Everybody, for the record, I just failed to record. Here we go. So we're here with Joe Geiger from Concerco. Is that right? Yes, yeah, Concerco. Yeah, specialty uh, resinous coatings and polished concrete. And so you don't do carpeting? We do not do carpeting, no. (laughs) No, no carpeting. So no sheet goods, but mostly liquid applied? Yes, yes. And so, so what safety story do you want to share with us today? Well, uh, you know, the importance of, of first aid and CPR. 
Um, I think a lot of times we take it for granted. It, it's one of those uh, necessary evils that we have to uh, have a card so that we can get on a particular job site to work. Yeah. So you have to check the box and make sure that the, the responsible person on site has their safety and uh, first aid certification. Correct. But then we forget about it. Uh, you know what? We do. We do. We get complacent about it and that sort of thing. So what happened to you? So uh, last February, I was uh, at some work training in Denver. At the hotel I was staying at, I came down for breakfast one morning, and there was a woman collapsed on the floor. Several of the um, guests standing around her didn't know what to do. Uh, she needed CPR, and I was able to provide it for her. So then she uh, what, recovered, and then fire department showed up? Uh, she, fire department showed up, um, and then uh, with, uh, with their help, she uh, is expected to have a full recovery, yes. Got it. Yeah. So then the lesson here is what? Well, the lesson is, you know, you have that tool. Don't, don't take it for granted. Yeah. You may need it someday. And even though it's, uh, it's primarily for a work function, um, I was kind of in my personal life. Mm -hmm. And if something like that happened to my family, um, I would understand what to do in that case. So it, it's a valuable lesson. Well, and that's a great point because safety uh, and, and first aid and CPR, we don't always require those on a construction job site, right? It can happen in our everyday life. It can happen at dinner. It can happen at a family reunion. It can happen anywhere. So being prepared for it is super valuable. That, that, that's correct. Absolutely. Well, thanks for sharing, Joe. I'm glad we could get this done in take two. Not, not a problem. Yeah. Happy Halloween. <laughs> All right. Ready to go. So are you sharing your name? So you are welcome to tell us who you are or not. As you okay. My name is Ruth Lewis and with Stop Claims Corp. We have a client over in Eastern Washington and he was talking about training, safety training. Yeah. And he had an 8 by 8 area. It was called the dead zone. It's called the dead zone for a reason. <laughs> Why is it called the dead zone? Because you could die if you're in that area. Don't go there. Don't go there. And if you are there, be aware. It's a dead zone, right? Yes. So, six weeks training about the dead zone. I and mean, every time he was with anybody new, don't forget about the dead zone. He has dumb guy working. Walks over to the dead zone. The guy bends over and a pin writing pen falls out of his pocket what does he do he reaches into the dead zone and they were bringing down a huge cement thing he is now called one arm less man I mean he, he lost it from the elbow down so always respect the dead zone then is yeah. the moral of the story yeah hello it's for a reason yes <laughs> So here we are with a random stranger uh, that's going to tell us a fantastic safety story that'll uh, spook you out of your skin. Let's go. It was a summer day. <laughs> <laughs> I get the call. We got a we had a crane accident on a project over a acid tank line, metal finishing line, probably two football fields long and the the team was out working on the rooftop we were setting some some equipment on the roof of this um, this tank line full of hydrofluoric acid nitric acid so that's good stuff right it's, it's wonderful if you yeah. get you might think you're okay if you get 
hydrofluoric acid on your skin, but it it will cause problems and you're 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 in big trouble. But needless to so say, so is that respiratorily or is that just on your skin? Uh, it will scavenge the calcium out of your uh, blood once it gets into your blood, and and it can cause problems with your uh, cardiovascular system. But that was sort of understanding we knew the hazards around that material very we, we knew that well we had the entire job planned well escape routes teams now we had a crane set up and my we we did our pre-construction crane checklist our foreman was there everybody was was going through the checklist and the crane sets up and there is a concrete walkway that goes from one side of the tank line building all the way out to the gate and it was not marked and it looked exactly like a uh, looked exactly like a sidewalk so they put their outriggers over and and we were missing we were missing the what what it was was a was a uh, trench cover and it so what was in the trench a chemical chemical lines that would pump fluids from the tanks, bad stuff, yeah. out, tran transferred across the, the so facility. You have, so you have to work over that area. We did, and we and, and we the, our foreman came up and he he set the outriggers over, he, he met with the crane operator, crane operator sets the outriggers well off to the side of them, and the crane sets up. So we finished our inspection, went through our checklist, checked our rigging, checked everything, and then the foreman moves over to start with the rigging team, getting things set up. While he's doing that, the crane operator sees that his boom is in just a tad in the way of a large scrubber stack off the side of the facility. So scrubbers clean the air. Yeah. And he says, well, I'm just, I'm just going to move a tiny bit. So he moves a foot, he gets out, and he takes his dunnage that you set under the outrigger, and he, he bumps it on the, the trench cover, and he says it's, it sound, sounded solid. So he, puts the, he pulls his outrigger in and sets it over the trench, unbeknownst to our foreman. Yep. So, needless to say, the team gets up, they, they start the rigging operation, and what do you think happens? The, the crane give? The, the, the crane outrigger, outrigger yeah. sinks through, cracks the concrete, and goes into the trench wow. on the chemical line. So that was uh, all of a sudden the ball on the, the crane comes down on the roof. Our team gets <laughs> out of the way, and we move to our evac stations, and we then it's just, is the load stable? Mm -hmm. What's happening? And we're then worried about electrical because there can be electrical in trenches as well. Yeah. And first, uh, so the team stayed up on the roof, and then they moved off to their evacuation routes. They start talking on the 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 uh, you know the walkie talkies. And the rear of this crane was about four feet off the ground, so the rear outrigger was mm -hmm. was up in the air. So we stabilized it. We had to bring a big, we brought a big truck in, hooked it on with a chain to, it was a big giant, you know, big vehicle. And they locked it onto the back of the, the outrigger in question. 
And then they had to, uh, we determined there was no electrical hazard. The, the crane operator got out. We had to, I've never seen better crane driving after the fact mm -hmm. where they're, um, they took the weight off the ball and they start inching this yeah. boom down. And uh, then the crane they, operators are magical. Yeah, and they had to uh, start putting the cribbing in. So as that outrigger would come up out of the yep. trench, it, they would slip more cribbage underneath it. Yep. So, so what was the point of failure? Was it just the density of the ground? Uh, the point of failure was it was a hollow trench with probably an eight-inch, uh, an eight-inch trench cover. And if you looked at it carefully, first of all, you you, you need to get site location of what you're working with. So and were they, they supposed yeah. to fill that trench with CDF or just leave it accessible? Nope. nope. In this case, they had to be, uh, they had to be accessible. You do want them marked on sites like that, mm -hmm. but anytime you could be around a utility vault, they've had many other crane uh, over the years, they've had actually a lot of this stuff. Yeah. It's not as uncommon as, as you think, but it, but uh, in that case, we, uh, in that case, we, we had an inspection there. And anytime you have a crane operation that you have a, an incident with, it goes right out to the, to the um, you know, the LNI, the in inspectors. Mm -hmm. And in this case... So would you, would you have cribbed around that trench? <laughs> no, the, the, what was missing there was that anytime a crane moves for any reason, yeah. you reinspect mm -hmm. checklist applies yep. and in this case you have our you have a foreman on our side who's responsible for everything on the ground and you got the crane operator that's responsible for bringing that material up you know to the rooftop right and so you can't have any ambiguity of who's in charge of of, of what so but the, so the the crane operator moving that crane without going back to our uh, checklist yep. yeah and that is one of the things on our checklist is that if you have any relocation of the crane for any reason that you are rechecking that that site in those conditions so if you have to sum that up for Halloween safety yeah. story what is the tribal wisdom you would share in one sentence in one sentence anytime, anytime a crane is relocated for any reason do your inspection again in in summing it up uh that that not to uh that maintains control over the operation and safe outcome so any halloween words no i have none none no. you're kidding <laughs> no uh yeah i i it is halloween this is a good halloween story i could get you know me i could go into great <laughs> details on this one we got to keep it tight. but yeah, we've been in. Uh, we want everybody to go home safely, and and Halloween is just a great time to remember all the scary stuff that can happen at. That's right. On job sites, yeah. and of which I've seen a lot, but this right. this being one of them. Well, thank thank you for your contribution. You bet, Jason. It was my pleasure. So. You know, the siding business, we use pump jacks quite a bit, mm -hmm. right? So, so explain what a pump jack is briefly. So a pump jack is basically, there's two square poles that are about three inches by three inches. Mm -hmm. and, you they're know, the metal? Ba yeah, they're metal. They're aluminum basically on the outside. They have like a rubber bumper on the back that's like riveted on. Mm -hmm. It's that rubber bumper that basically allows this jack that goes on there, this device, to like get traction on the poles. So, the so it's like a several story high car yes. jack. 
pretty yeah. much like yeah. the old style. Yes, in very the Buick. similar. So you you pump it with your foot. Yeah. As you pump it, it goes up incrementally. Now mm-hmm. you have two poles, mm-hmm. so you need two guys on there, mm-hmm. each preferably pumping at the same time. Yeah. Although I have seen guys pump a little bit one side and go to the other <laughs> side pump a by bit. themselves. <laughs> yeah. Now they even have ones that are run by electric drills, which are pretty awesome. Yeah. Those are really fast. But um, anyways, so. Sometimes in the siding projects, there's little insets of areas that you need to get access to. So it'd be better fit for like a boom lift or something. Better fit for like a boom lift. Yeah, sometimes if a ladder, if it's not too tall. Mm -hmm. So anyways, I got a photo from one of my coworkers one time of a guy (laughs) on a single pump jack pole in one of these insets. Wow. With a board on the jack that had been strapped and ratcheted on with God knows what on this (laughs) project. You know, four stories in the air, basically. <laughs> on a single pole, and he had pumped himself up there on one jack, yeah. oh one pole. It's like this little platform. Yeah, just yeah. this little platform to like try and finish some work, and I'm just like, oh my gosh. Hopefully he had a good is... center of balance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was tied off, at least. What was, was his first was name? Part. I don't remember. <laughs> so. Give him one. Uh, Ricardo. Ricardo. <laughs> so, uh, one pump Jack Ricardo. One pump pump Ricardo. Yeah, that might be something different. (laughs) One pole Ricardo. Single pole Ricardo. No, that seems bad too. Yeah, we need to workshop that. Stripper names that we're coming (laughs) up. Oh, I like that. Man stripper names. Like, we never do that. It's always like lady stripper names. One pole Ricardo. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, so that one was, uh, yeah, anyways, we, we had some. You have a photo of that. Uh, not one that he's going to share. No, 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 not formally. <laughs> but I do, yes. Yeah. I do have you a you kept that. it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Somewhere safe. Yeah. If you want to share your name, what's your name? Tony. Tony. Good to meet you, Tony. Good to meet you. I did meet you tonight for the first time. So, Tony, what's your uh, line of work? Uh, heavy equipment operator. All right. And so this is... This particular situation was tight job site. Okay, so kind of confined quarters, tough to access. Uh, Large equipment Mm -hmm. and subcontractors walking back and forth behind the excavator all day long. Yeah. No issues. They didn't notice. The machine had moved back about two feet. Subcontractor went walking by, machine swung, struck the operator. Is this an excavator? Excavator. Yeah. Counterbalance struck the plumber, knocked him out cold. Wow. Okay. Didn't know. It's just people need to always pay attention to their surroundings, Mm -hmm. no matter how familiar they look. Yeah. Because six inches, one foot can make the difference between life and death. Yeah. So the approach that I always take on a job site is I always assume that every piece of equipment is out to get me. And yeah. that's the that's what you should mm-hmm. um, assume. assume. Right. Yes, because yeah. especially that large of equipment, yeah. even with the cameras mm-hmm. that they have nowadays, mm-hmm. the operators paying attention, he's trying to pay attention to mm-hmm. everybody on the yeah. site, yeah. but when he's got people going behind him all day long mm-hmm. with no issues, he assumes they notice something that big moving. And that operator starts to get comfortable. Everybody starts to get comfortable. Yep. 
and that's when accidents happen. Yeah, yeah. So, so what, is, what is the big picture lesson if you had to put it in one sentence? Never assume an operator knows you're there. Mm -hmm. Always make eye contact mm -hmm. with the operator. Yeah. And a lot of the time, even with eye contact, I don't necessarily trust that. I'm going to move and I'm going to act in a way uh, that, that protects myself against any mistake because they could slip. They could have a stroke. They, something could go wrong in the operation of that equipment. Exactly. That could end me in a heartbeat. Give yourself, if you don't have clear access around the machine, uh -huh. make sure you have visual contact with the operator. He knows you're there yeah. and he knows your intention. Because yeah. just because he knows you're there doesn't mean he knows your intention. Uh -huh. It just means he knows you're there. Yeah, yeah. Great. Not what you plan on doing. All right. So thanks for that. Do you have any uh, Halloween wishes? Eat lots of candy. <laughs> we had that conversation. Do you like sweets? Not really. That's no. why I want everybody else to eat lots of candy. So you don't have to. <laughs> exactly. Right. Well, I appreciate it. Happy Halloween. Same to you. All right. So what's your name? Scott Thompson. And Scott, what story do you want to share with us today? Well, I was on a job site uh, on a big uh, um, residential project in Hawaii, and uh, there was a lot of uh, personnel on the floor. Uh, there was a framing situation going on. Was this a residential project? It was a big residential project, yes, for a um, super wealthy project on the big island of Hawaii. And um, the, uh, the framers had um, some big table saws um, all spread out, through, uh, several of them spread out through the floor in the living room area, larger living room area. Many people walking around, um, not really paying too much attention to the table, and the guys cutting, they were ripping two by fours. And um, so the two carpenters were ripping a two by four, and it got a kickback on the, on the, on the blade. Yeah. And it shot back out and it hit one of our guys right in the rib cage. Wow. And it broke his rib and he was on the ground. And, mm -hmm. and so the moral of the story was is that do not go by the uh, <laughs> table saw, you yeah. know, when they're ripping big, long two-by-fours. Yeah, right? just assume it's going to be kicking. Yeah. So we were all pretty afraid that this guy was, like, in a lot of trouble. And yeah. ambulance came and took him away. But uh, ended up just a cr couple of cracked ribs. But, uh, you know, just like anything else, you know, you just got to keep your eyes open and don't walk behind the table saw. Absolutely. Thank you. You bet. So I'm here with random stranger number two, a uh, person who I, I want to know well, and uh, they're here to, to share a story uh, about spooky safety situation so what do we got uh, once upon a time i had <laughs> a great. dark and stormy oh, day i love it love it yeah, yeah it was a dark and stormy day actually it was exactly. raining it was actually downpouring quite hard and i had to meet an inspector to check out a roof and I what was, kind of inspector uh it was a a building inspector i believe or maybe an engineering inspector i can't quite recall uh anyway this fellow uh showed up to the job uh well before i get to that i i wanted to you're getting ahead of yourself getting ahead of myself getting ahead of myself 
I looked out the window and noticed, you know, it was quite a stormy day and perhaps this is not the best day to inspect a roof. And I asked somebody, should I still go on to this day? I said, yeah, yeah, let's, let's do it today. Let's it's good. It. It's good. Yeah, it's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. That, that's always a great place to start safety. It's good. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's just a little water. Water never hurt anybody. So uh, I get out there to this job site and I go to meet this inspector who is this young fellow, this young twerp who shows up on a bicycle with shoes that are not meant to be on a roof. And I said, here, you know, let me hold the ladder for you as you go up on the roof and <laughs> you're not wearing the appropriate PPE. Let me hold the ladder for you. So I hold the ladder for this young man and I, he gets up on the roof and it's my turn to now climb up on the roof. And this is back when we didn't have any safety harnesses. We didn't have any safety equipment per se, just had to wear good shoes. So it was still raining quite a bit and I was on this tile balcony take a first few steps up the ladder it's still going okay I go up on the ladder and I'm about to step onto the roof and the ladder slips out from underneath me and next thing I know so I'm the ladder lost the footing at the toe layer ladder lost the footing at the toe there was nothing stabilizing the ladder uh, nothing keeping the ladder secure uh, ladder went out from underneath me just slipped right away nothing to grab onto nothing to hold on to no no PPE to catch my fall uh, woke up to a dog licking my face. And oh, no. <laughs> was the dog on site or worst, is this at home? It was a homeowner's dog licking my face, which oh. was really not that pleasant. Uh, and uh, my ankle and my feet were tangled up within the ladder. And uh, really, I should have just trusted my gut to begin with and not have gone out that day knowing that it was a rainy, stormy day. And mm -hmm. it wasn't quite worth the injuries sustained from that experience. So, so if you had to sum that up in terms of uh, tribal wisdom, what would you advise somebody to do or never do? Trust your gut. If you don't feel comfortable going out and doing something, don't do it. There's no excuse uh, for taking shortcuts and not postponing an appointment for another day when it's not raining, when you don't feel safe. If you don't have the right equipment, uh, wait until you have the right equipment. Uh, make sure that you have proper PPE at all times, including all fall protection. Maybe bring an extra person with you to hold the ladder while you go up with the yeah. inspector if somebody else has to be there. No, uh, no paycheck is worth it. No paycheck is worth it. No paycheck at all. So just trust your gut most of all. Be safe. Any Halloween wishes? Uh, be safe and give out good candy. <laughs> <laughs> good candy. What was your favorite candy? Uh, probably Reese's. Of course. Yes. Good choice. <laughs>
So that was our spooky safety story uh, collection. Super creepy. For Halloween. And the funny part was that Mary hadn't actually heard all of those stories. That's true. So many of those were gathered. Uh, we gathered them at our party. We gathered mm-hmm. them at a convention at uh, client stops and what have you. Mm-hmm. Some of the names have been obscured and the companies have been obscured to kind of protect uh, their their persons. And if someone did share their name and their company and mm-hmm. name, you should not assume nope. this scary story happened at their company. Yeah. So it's important to know, um, but the important part is that everybody who participated was willing to share this tribal wisdom so that we can keep people safer. And they all got get punked pint glasses it's true. for their trouble. Yeah. So uh, we had a great Halloween party. It was great seeing everybody come out, and it's always a fantastic feeling when you see the collection of folks who are uh, arcade knots <laughs> and they, they came out and showed support but also had a great time uh, so we're looking to, to develop more of those relationships as we go on because we feel like at arcade the folks that we work with are found family mm-hmm. absolutely so enjoy the halloween enjoy the holiday uh, make sure you only eat the candy that you want <laughs> oh but also no that no matter which diet you're on, ketogenic or <laughs> Whole30, yep. uh, it is a proven scientific fact, fact that Halloween candy doesn't count on right. Halloween. There's actually like a special void where you go in and you get to eat all the Halloween candy Yeah, you want. it doesn't count. Unless like you're like diabetic and it's going to actually hurt yeah, you, then it still don't counts. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> all right. I hope you get lots of trick-or-treaters. Yeah. And I hope you go to lots of awesome Halloween parties. Do it. Stay tuned. Next week, we're going to have a super exciting topic that has yet to be determined. It's true. Watch for it. Watch for it. You can find us. You can find us. At last we have the night. new address. What's the new address? You can it's, find us last night at the Halloween party. Yeah, that's it's over. It's already over. It's too late. But if you didn't come, yeah. this is it. We didn't go here. If you didn't come, you missed Jason. Oh, yeah. Dressed as the Goblin King. Jareth. From the Labyrinth. Yeah. With David Bowie as Labyrinth King. Pretty amazing. Goblin King. pretty good. Yeah. Good, times. good times. Yeah. But So you can find us at the new podcast, podcast web address. Yeah. The old one still works, but www.thecriticalpathpodcast.com. There it is. On LinkedIn, Jason Sturgeon and Mary Sturgeon. You can find us at other random social media locations that we post much less to. ArcadeWayFinding.com. Mm-hmm. You should, uh, should probably take the invite off of the website. You mm-hmm. should probably do that, do that since the party I'm, is over. I'm, hold on. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that right now. Hold on. Yeah, that's not how that works. I think if I sat it's, here... It's gone. If Check I, it. It's gone. If I said to you right now, Jason, I will give you $1,000... If you could take that invite off the website, I don't believe you could do it. Look, what kind of game are we playing? <laughs> One that you choose not to win, Okay, I, I got to go get my costume on for trick-or-treating. <laughs> are you going to go trick-or-treating tonight? Oh, yeah. All right, so you can find us in all of those places, and you can like our podcast on whatever app you use so that more people can find us. Enjoy the holiday. Watch for it. Watch for it. I edit that in. I'll edit it in. I we'll just get rid of that it. long pause. I just edit it. You can't edit I things. Look. That's not how you edit things. Rip.
So I feel like you're, you're just showing how little you know about what it actually takes to edit the podcast. Mm. You're letting everyone know how little work you put into this podcast Mary, on a day-to-day basis. Edit the podcast. That's not how it works. <laughs> I leave you in saying those things so everyone can know. You don't give me any better way to understand it. Would you like to edit a podcast? Absolutely not. 